Welcome. It, uh, it is uh, Gary on Guns. Uh, we don't have Larry Wayland in uh, this morning. Normally he would be in, but we sent him to the cleaners and he won't be back until a week from Tuesday. Uh, but if you're uh, interested in uh, any of the firearms that are for sale at uh, Modern Arms... At, at the Brown, Brown Station, Station location... location. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, that's where you head. Brown Station Road, Columbia, Missouri, uh, the heart of the United States. Uh, the two voices you heard are uh, the Scotster, Scott Van Kirk, former law enforcement firearms trainer extraordinaire, and... Uh, this is where you're supposed to sing. Bellboy. <laughs> Bellboy. Yeah. There he is, the belt boy, uh, the superbelt.com. And I want to tell you, uh, I've got uh, two of them. Uh, I think, Scott, Scott, you've got them too, don't I you? I do have two of them, yes. And did you uh, did you get a, a dog collar for your neck? Oh, no, well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sore subject. Alice, Alice is looking at me, and he's like, oh, I'm going to get you one of those dog collars. So I sent him the information and everything else like that. And Alice is a busy guy, you know, self-made man and all that other business. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, doing his best to increase the population um and it just on a number of different fronts and we just never hooked up to get the to get my uh to get my collar for my dog oh. and and uh i'll be honest with you my dog passed, passed away, away probably about six months ago so no i don't well, have the one a dog. for yeah. the, the problem here is the one for your neck that he had he went up and bought the spikes for it and everything and yeah. uh yeah so, uh, uh, so he'll get around to yeah, that. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I had actually yeah. forgotten about that. Now I'm going to give him heck about it yeah, the great. whole Thanks, Gary. Show. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> you never got a collar for my dog before she died. Die. Like, wait, uh, that's some good turnaround time, Ellis. Oh, yeah. To all you listeners, go. yours will be much faster, I swear. <laughs> if you buy one of the belts, you know, you're giving him money, he'll, he'll do it real quickly. <laughs> if you're trying to mooch a freebie, <laughs> you got to wait your line. you got to uh. wait, wait in line. <laughs> Very quickly, the super belt. Uh, it's not leather. It just looks and kind of feels like leather. Uh, definitely looks like leather. It's a, uh, it's, it's a sharp belt. I wear it. I wear it as a dress belt all the time. Yeah, I've got I've got a the narrower dress belt, and I've got the wider one for you know casual wear. Uh, it's great if you're uh, concealed carry and you're looking for you know you can put a holster on it. The thing doesn't curl. It doesn't stretch. It doesn't do. It just looks the same day after day, year after year. Um, it's just an amazing belt, and you'd think having a custom-made belt would cost you a lot of money, but they're not very expensive. No, nope, they start at sixty bucks online. I'll ship it right to you anywhere in the world. Custom-made to your size. That's right. It's That's amazing. Right. That's right. Uh, Thesuperbelt.com. Uh, he actually towed a truck with it. All right, <laughs> yeah. that's enough promoting the super belt. We're Thank here. You. We're <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as Ellis got here this morning, he immediately. Uh, Measured Brian's inseam because apparently Brian needs a new belt. And, uh, <laughs> well, I, actually, I don't I need a new it. belt. I just like it when he measures. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I went to post on Facebook that I was going to be on the show, and I typed out "I will be," and I immediately deleted. It. I was like, "Belt boy will be." <laughs> I was like, I'm going to stick with it. Stick yeah, with it. I saw that. <laughs> Hey, listen, um, I got an interesting phone call from a listener on the weekday show yesterday. And for a whole host of reasons, firearms came up. And this caller said, you know, we got to quit. And we've, we've addressed this uh, on the program. We've got to quit calling semi-automatic rifles assault rifles. Mm -hmm. And then he, he, he was seemingly looking for an alternative name that we could give 
uh, to AR-15s, a defense weapon or a defense rifle or something that better describes what it is. Uh, because as he pointed out yesterday, and we've pointed out on this program, uh, anything that you assault somebody with is an assault weapon. Mm. Could be a pool ball, a big pen, <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter, a hammer, it's an, it's, it becomes an assault weapon then. Otherwise, it's just a pool ball. So if you can come up with some more accurate and, and certainly less uh, innocuous names... <laughs> By all means, share. The most hated gun. That's right. <laughs> that would immediately let you know which one it was. I, I, was, I, I, I always was a fan of and, and never really stopped using evil black rifle. Evil black rifle. I like an EBR. <laughs> I, yeah, I, but you see, that that that's you know that fits right along the <laughs> no, no, that, there, Scott. that is literally turning their own language against them. What is that? It's an evil, evil black rifle. Yeah. It's evil. Can't you look at it? It's evil. Can't, uh, can't you tell? That's that's right. If they hadn't just come up with black rifle, they would have. If you'd talked to them, they would have. They would have stolen that. Yep. It's evil. Evil black. Yeah, rifle. assault weapon. <laughs> Uh, it's a self-defense weapon. So if you can come up with a more uh, a more innocuous name, by all means, share 800-529-5572 or go to GaryNolan.com and uh, and share that. I got a question for you. What The Second Amendment, ostensibly there, based on the founding fathers who literally created the operating manual for the country, is to protect us from a tyrannical government. This is why uh, President Biden is so wrong about, you know, we couldn't have cannons and all that nonsense. Of course we could. Uh, we were supposed to have the same kind of firepower as the government because they were supposed to be afraid of us, <laughs> afraid to become tyrannical. So my question is, in your mind, describe a tyrannical government and does it fit the United States? If uh, if you own a home, you you don't really own it. They tell you how to build it. They make you pay a licensing fee and a permit fee if you want to remodel it. You have to do it the way they say to do it. And even after you've paid off the mortgage, you have to pay them every month. They tell you what medicine you can take, prevent you from trying alternative medicines. They... They regulate the food you can eat. In some cases, we've discovered that they can compel you to take vaccines they want you to take. They, um, I mean, is this, are we actually in a tyrannical government? Uh, I feel with, like the first response that'll come from that <clears throat> is anybody that's lived under the famous tyrannical governments, they would say, like, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Yeah, I, and, I think that's and, the and most that common we, refrain. And then we're much more slow rolling it. We're slow you. selling it as opposed to, um, you know, a, a military junta where the tanks roll into the capital and kill the current president and install themselves as dictator for life or you know the the our glorious leader type of thing yeah. i would probably more likely refer to us as a hmm. semi -con semi constitutional <laughs> um controlling bureaucracy yeah um because i mean if you want to go full tyrannical then you would have to buy into the fact that Literally, 
everything is predetermined, meaning that mm. we don't elect officials at any level of government um, that are actually legitimately elected. Right. We, well, can't there be can't we, there be levels of tyranny? Yeah, that's what I would say. I'd um, say yeah. we're, we're well on our way to full, but we're. I mean, if you ask the founding fathers, if they walked in today, they'd probably go to war right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, well, it's been this slow fade. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, I asked this question in the weekday show to name three things you can do that the government doesn't at some level tax or regulate. Yeah. And they're virtually nothing. I That's mean, true. everything from your uh, health care to sex to food to what you drive uh, to who, what countries you give money to. I mean, there's... There's no limit to the power that they've given themselves. That's true. Mm -hmm. So, certainly from know, an American perspective, I feel like we're it feels pretty crushing to me. <laughs> but I know, see, I, it's <clears throat> it, again, and I see it as a crushing bureaucracy. Yeah. Um, the tyrannical part again. That it, again, and that's that's mine visually because, like what Ella said, which I thought was pretty articulate, especially for him, um, <laughs> was you know that we're. The people who have lived under, quote-unquote, world tyrannical governments, um, again, like I said, you know, picture Argentina back in the day yeah. and some <clears throat> of those things where you literally have no say mm -hmm. whatsoever yeah. in anything. Well, Thomas Jefferson described tyranny as oppressive power, mm. and he said, quote, every form of tyranny over the mind of man. Uh, and I think we have, uh, we have successfully managed to get to that point. Uh, I think we have a tyrannical government. It's not as radical as some, but it continues to get worse. Amen. And they're constantly using force, yeah. uh, deadly force. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is kind of scary when you think about it. Only if you stop and think about it. <laughs> well, then don't, then don't stop. Just don't, don't stop. Uh, let me go grab a phone call or two. 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. Jimmy, good morning. Hey, Gary, I agree with you. Uh, the government has become tyrannical. And my first case in point is January 6th uh, accused uh, people for their peaceful protest. I mean, look at how many people are still locked up over a peaceful protest. They didn't rape, pillage, or plunder anything. I mean, they might have broken a couple of glasses and maybe knocked some stuff off the desk. But uh, as far as uh, the protest, it was uh, peaceful, in my view. And right. we have. Well, I, have I don't think it was 100% peaceful. Yeah. It, re it really was not. Uh, um, well, Okay. Yeah, I don't think I would call it insurgency. I would call it a riot, and, and not a terribly violent one, at least on the part of the rioters. Uh, perhaps uh, law enforcement who shot a woman in the head. I agree with you there. All right. Uh, Jimmy, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show, Gary on Gun Show. Uh, i got to take a quick break, but when we come back, um, Brian just sent me a story. And uh, I don't know. This looks tyrannical. <laughs> That's next on Gary on Guns. Welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Scott Van Kirk is in uh, for Larry Wayland at Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And, uh, of course, uh, we have the Belt Boy. Thank you very uh, much. Uh, <laughs> sounded a little like Elvis, but no. 
No, Ellis, not Elvis. Yeah, but I've yeah, been called Ellis, right. Ellis Bennis. Um, on the uh, we open the program uh, looking for uh, a more innocuous name for the AR-15, and uh, because uh, they keep calling it an assault ro- a weapon, and Michael uh, sent me a message. He said, "Call AR's self-loading rifles." Self-loading. That's a technical. Yeah, that's the technical defin- definition. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty a, good. I'm trying to remember what it was. It's uh, um, gas-operated, magazine-fed. Self-loading rifle. <laughs> wow! Right? <laughs> who else? Who else but Scott Van Kirk would know all that? Um, so I, I would. We moved on to talk about. And by the way, if you have other names that you uh, you know, that you think you can come up with uh, that sound uh, a little less uh, violent than uh, assault weapon, you guys uh, are whispering. And, He's taking uh, notes. I was, yeah. I was trying to write out the acronym for gas-operated magazine-fed self-loading rifle. It took me longer than it should. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to help him. I had to help him with the spelling of an acronym. Yeah. Did you, did you notice that his tongue was out? Yes, you know, it was, man. He's mu- and he's muttering to himself. Oh, yeah. so I tried to take one earphone off. Like, oh, jeez. Oh, how do oh I? Oh my gosh! I lost a bet, and they said uh, we're gonna, no. Uh, all right, so uh, I was asking if we have a tyrannical government, yeah. and uh, Brian sent me the story, and I want to ask you guys a, a question when I'm done with the story. This is up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which, by the way, they prefer Lancaster. Oh, uh, of course, well, of course they do. Yeah. Uh, so there's an Amish dairy farmer. He he produces meat, and. Uh, unpasteurized milk and and other things. And the government doesn't like that he's doing this. Apparently, he doesn't have the documents that show he's in abeyance with the state health and safety regulators. A quick note, if he's selling unpasteurized milk, he probably can get away with it in Pennsylvania. But if somebody in, say, Ohio wants to buy his unpasteurized milk, the federal government will shut him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, uh, the state came in and took his, uh, he had uh, chemical-free cheese, meat, raw milk, eggs uh, that he sells through a, a private club. So it, They came in and they took it. Now, my question for you is, if he said, this is my private property, these are my steaks, this is the cream, this is stuff, all of these products are mine, you can't take it, and he resisted. What would they have done to him, Scott? Well, um, <laughs> that's well. I mean, they would, they would they would have used the power of the executive branch, which includes law enforcement, and yeah. um, they would have uh, peacefully sur- restrained. No, they would have. Well, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, yeah, or in a, in a closer to perfect world, they would have used the minimal force necessary yeah. to. Um, execute whatever court if order re- is related. absolutely refused to give up and decided to defend his property. Uh, well, that'd be very un-Amish of him, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going down. Yeah. They'd have killed him. Yep. Well... well or at least arrested him. Uh, they'd pr- hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he started defending himself by shooting at them because oh, he's yeah. defending his own private property and his own goods... They would have shot back. They would have been trying to kill him. Well, if it was a yeah, if it turned into a deadly force confrontation, yeah, yep. yeah. So that's not a tyrannical government. Well, then if so, flip that one around. At what point is law enforcement, as an aspect of the executive branch, 
allowed to execute court orders such as warrants and things like that? And at what level of force are they allowed to do that? Because, you know, actual criminals resist a lot of things, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, but there's a distinction here. And the distinction is there are no victims. This is a victimless crime, one created by the government mm -hmm. that so, they're willing so, so to... So change the law. Well, yeah. that's not so easy. No, it's not. Uh, the, government, <laughs> the government, you know, they create innocuously a bureaucracy right. that they tell you is here to protect you. And before you know it, like a cancer, it grows in size and power right. until you can't stop it. And the moment you try, they use, the, your, they use your tax dollars mm -hmm. for, for their, uh, you know, uh, argument about how necessary they are. They overwhelm. It's almost impossible to get rid of them. Yes, but doesn't but, that doesn't that beg the question? Don't we get the government that we deserve in no, regards I, to that stuff? Because uh, for years and decades, we've allowed this to be created. And maybe not you, maybe not me, maybe not Ellis, because we don't disagree with it. But some aspect of our fellow citizens have. But if we want to defend our property. If we want to defend our goods, they will, if we are, you know, tenacious enough, persevering enough, they will kill us. Potentially, yeah. They, you know, you look back at the war on alcohol. Do you remember uh, reading about what they did to, to alcohol in order to keep people from drinking mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. To protect you from becoming an alcoholic, we're going to poison the alcohol. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. blinded and killed people. And arguably... Was that not the government that that era of the United States deserved? Because they always they allowed it to happen. Just because incremental incrementally, <laughs> that's what apparently not uh, whether they knew or didn't know the consequences of their actions and their votes and their elections and everything else like that. That's what they went forward with. It doesn't matter how many people were fooled. Those people who knew better and stood up. To and, and defied them, suffered the consequences. Oh, absolutely. Oftentimes death. And I think that is, at least to a certain extent, tyrannical. Uh, that doesn't mean that I'm, by the way, let me also let me clarify, because I think we are in a semi-tyrannical government. It doesn't mean I'm encouraging you to go grab uh, all the uh, firepower you can uh, and attack the government. I, I think Scott is, you know, leaning in the right direction. Uh, that we need to vote right, uh, that we need to take back uh, at the ballot box our freedoms. Uh, and that that requires people really thinking through. Um, oh, it requires more than that, Gary. It would require people and the individuals who are interested in seeking elected <clears throat> office to actually have an incremental plan to make a difference. Well, you and I have had the discussion about the Libertarian Party. I believe in a lot of Libertarian principles, but I look at the Libertarian Party and I get a shotgun approach of all these different things that they want to fix as opposed to pick one thing. Just pick <laughs> one and let's go forward with it. Mm. Well, there are better ways for them to run their campaigns, I will admit. Uh, in the news, the National Rifle Association and Wayne LaPierre. I am curious to see what the guys think about that. It is next on Gary on Gun. Welcome. It is uh, 35 minutes after the hour and glad to have you with us. I am pleased to tell you that uh, we have Larry. Well, no, 
We have a much get, taller version. <laughs> Same amount of hair, though. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> Not in the studio, uh, yep. but he sent Scott Van Kirk. Uh, From the Brown Station location. <laughs> I, no, you have Scott, to say modern Scott, arms I have first. To say modern arms first. Put the cart before the horse. He preempted you there, man. Uh, Ellis Bennis joins us as well. The superbelt.com. If you conceal carry guy or gal and you uh, want to use a, 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 you know, a waistband a holster, this is the belt to get. It is virtually indestructible, will last a lifetime, is custom made. And it doesn't cost really any more than a regular belt that you pick up at a store. And it'll be about the last belt you ever need. That's the goal. Yeah. I mean, you could pull a truck with it. <laughs> and if you go to the superbelt.com, you'll, you'll see where he demonstrates gonna, that. Gonna going to sell you at least two different versions of that <laughs> belt, though. Because we're going to sell you the one now. Right. And then we're going to sell you your fat, your fat That's belt. That's right. And yeah. then we're going to encourage you to lose weight so <laughs> yep. you can go back to wearing we're your talking about belt. That. The only way I can sell them, they get two colors, two widths, and after that I just have to wait for them to get fatter. Those are, <laughs> so you know what you all my do. sponsorships are all-you-can-eat buffets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you ought to... You ought to see if you can get some discount coupons from places like that. Yeah, then, you know, or the Cheesecake Factory, yeah. <laughs> or or Bacon of the Month Club, yeah. or you go the other way. You you sell the you sell the belt to the individual when they're a little on the hefty side, yep. and then you get them some gym coupons <laughs> to get them to lose the weight. Now it's like this thing's just way too big. Well, well the we problem could, with that is he. He'll, you know, I cut them down for free, and then you know they're going to get hefty. Again. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. That's the goal. Either way, oh, I'm getting well. them coming and going. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man, gaining and losing. Gaining and uh, losing. The superbelt.com. Uh, Wayne Lapierre, head of the National Rifle Association. Uh, full disclosure: I know Wayne personally. Uh, I used to fill in for him when he had his radio show at Westwood One, and. Uh, We've we've been to events. Uh, I, in fact, I used to introduce him at CPAC. Uh, I, I like Wayne, nice guy, but there are there's an annulment clause in the uh, uh, tax code, and he looks like he violated it. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things that he did with this money, I understand. Uh, if I if you were Wayne Lapierre, as controversial as he is supporting the NRA, you wouldn't want to get on a regular passenger jet because you know you'd be accosted constantly. Uh, so they, so he flew around with private jets. But he seems to have done a lot more than that with, with a lot of the, the donations. They're uh, taking him to court. And yesterday, he, he resigned as the head of the National Rifle Association. Personally, while I like the guy... I think this was the right thing to do. The only problem is he should have done it much sooner. Oh, decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold back, Scott. No, no, Don't hold back. No, decades ago because I challenged someone, and you can be someone from the NRA to call in and tell me what's the purpose of the NRA is. What is the purpose of the NRA, and have they fulfilled that purpose? They are the big gorilla in the room when it comes to politics. Uh, politicians want to tout their... A-plus NRA rating. Well, the NRA doesn't have an A-plus rating underneath their own criteria. They have supported compromise gun control for literally four decades. They attach themselves to politicians and moderate what they think we need to do simply based on maintaining that close relationship to that politician, i.e. Donald Trump. 
Um, what is their purpose? What have they accomplished? What have they done? They mess. They the NRA. If you were an insider, and I wasn't, but I worked for an insider as it related to concealed carry when there was the ballot initiative uh, before it passed. You know, they tried a ballot initiative for um, for concealed carry in the state of Missouri. So the NRA jumped right on there. Well, it was a particular individual hired by the NRA that turned out to be a turncoat and actually helped defeat that particular ballot initiative. So what is the point of the National Rifle Association? What's the point? I would argue that they have erred. Uh, They've also done some good work. Name it. Kind of a a, a mixed bag. No, tell me. Give me a specific example of what good work they've done. There are tons of uh, places where they went to to, to uh, file lawsuits to protect the Second Amendment. They did it in California. They've done it in Ohio. By, the, by themselves or were other Second Amendment, real Second Amendment organizations already filing suit and they sort of jumped on because we need to appear to be the Second Amendment organization? Does it matter if they were part of a lawsuit, if they enjoined, uh, if they uh, uh, wrote uh, you know, to the judges and, and uh, offered up their support, if they funded these fights? They've done all of those things. So the NRA has done some things that are good. They've also been somewhat remiss, uh, and, and, and I'm certainly uh, I'm, I'm willing to tell you there are other groups that I think fight harder for the Second Amendment. Um, uh, for instance, uh, Gun Owners of America, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, there are others. Pick a but, pick a pick a political topic if you want to. You know, if you well, want. I can't. I can't no, tell no, you no. every time they filed an amicus brief, but no, no. they did it. No, what, I'm, what I'm talking about is, um, for instance, pick a say, pick a pro life organization. They exist to protect the life of the unborn. Now, regardless of what you think of that politically, and we're not having an abortion discussion on this radio show, but that's what they do. So if the NRA is supposed to be a pro-Second Amendment organization, they're not going to compromise on Second Amendment issues. Like they, I said, they make, uh, I think they have uh, strayed. I think they have erred uh, on occasion. Uh, I think they did a lot of good, uh, but I I don't reject them out of hand. Uh, I, I think there's um, plenty of good that they do. I think there's plenty of good that they can do. <laughs> I think that their board of directors has been... Um, essentially absent. They should have gotten rid of LaPierre 10 years ago, if not l- longer ago, and actually put somebody in that position and, and took, the, took the organization from this huge monolith of, of raising money, because that's what they do, they raise money, and actually put them back on a path. So they have, you know, they may have been on the path at one point, but they needed to be a hard correct, and they didn't. They had the opportunity so many times, and they don't correct the organization. I will tell you this: um, since this uh, started with Wayne, I have not renewed my NRA membership. Mm. I, I have given money to uh, Gun Owners of America, and, uh, I've, and and I've had to renew my membership every year. Because the private gun club that I belong to was a 100% NRA club. Not anymore. <laughs> I know. I am so happy about that. All right. <laughs> 800-529-5572 or 874-9390 if you want in on the conversation. Or go to GaryNolan.com. Steve wants in on it. Steve, welcome. The, the, the reasoning for all the NRA problems is where their headquarters is located. It's inside the Beltway. In Alexandria, Virginia. 
So what? So what you're saying, Steve, is they've they uh, they may have set yeah. out to do good, but they've become part yeah, of the problem. They, yeah, they've become, <laughs> become part of the problem. Yeah, yes, I, I have I have siblings that live in the area, and I have a nephew that got accepted. He was a green. He is still a green beret, but he got accepted to Columbia University. And my brother and my brother-in-law, which both work in the D.C. Metroplex area. They thought that was his golden ticket. And I looked at them and I go, every problem in this country is caused by somebody with an Ivy League education. <laughs> and their jaws dropped and they didn't know what to say. Well, I will tell you, geography is not the reason for their failures. Uh, the Libertarian Party is located... I just, I just think they've become part of the culture there. Yeah, that may be, that, that may be true, but it would happen no matter where they were at if they... Uh, Continue because you gotta you gotta go to Capitol Hill if you want to lobby Capitol Hill. Yeah, I know, I understand. Uh, so, are you a member? Yes, I'm a life member. I've been a life member for twenty years or more. So, yeah, how many pocket knives can you possibly? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we remodeled the kitchen, and yes, I've got a box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, just, just with my annual membership, stop call, stop calling me. Stop <laughs> sending me flyers to give you more money, and stop <laughs> sending me cheap crap that says NRA on it. <laughs> Take the money that I've already given you and do some good with it. <laughs> I, I, I and I look at this, you know. Uh, Renew now, and uh, you take your choice of these crappy gifts. It's like, you know what? Um, I've got enough pocket knives to last a lifetime. I don't need a lantern, uh, and I don't need another backpack. Thank you. Use the, save the money and, uh, and go out and, and fight for the Second Amendment. Anyway, uh, Wayne LaPierre resigned as the leader of the National Rifle Association uh, on Friday. Uh, he apparently is uh, going to have to go to court. And I think they're going to hang him high. I really do. Um, I, I think I think he uh, spent money that he shouldn't have on himself and his family. Um, so maybe this shakes the NRA up. Maybe this is the best thing that could have happened to them. I tend to think so. That if I go around the table, I'm, I'm going to guess that uh, Scott's going to agree for sure. Am I right? This, well, it's got the potential. It yeah, could, that's could, what I mean. It could put the organization back on the right path. I'm going to say, let's, I mean, this is a huge step. What it took to do it is something that, I mean, it shouldn't have had to come to this. It shouldn't have had to have been uh, attacks from the left in order to get rid of Wayne LaPierre to finally have him resign and lawsuits and all this other incorporation stuff. Um, you know, with the New York suing them and all of that, all of that. Why would you be incorporated in New York when you're a gun organization? Well, but I anyway. think it started. It started. You know, the, the incorporation was years and years and I know, years. But ago. Don't you think at some point somebody with somebody smarter than supposedly you or I within that organization would have said, "Hey, you know, we might want to consider changing our corporate." headquarters and where we're incorporated at changing the changing the status of the corporation because this is at some point going to go bad for us well, i know gun manu <laughs> i know gun manufacturers right. are doing that aren't yeah, they right they're yeah. moving out of states where they've been uh, uh vilified and and attacked and mm -hmm. the nra should have done that as well so here's so here's the thing i am going to be cautiously optimistic i'm going to have hope and faith that maybe something will change and the NRA will get back on the right path, and I'm going to wait to see that that happen, and that's what I'm going to hope for. Huh. All right, and uh, Ellis? 
Uh, I haven't given to the NRA since I worked for uh, an organization here in Columbia that that highly promoted that. So uh, it's been right. a long time. But if the uh, NRA wants to start sending um, NRA logo super belts to people, <laughs> yeah. Alice, we can talk. Alice yeah. is open to the possibility. <laughs> you know, that would, that, see now that would be a gift. Uh, maybe the the NRA could have got me to renew if they had done that. Yeah. If but I you agree are, with you. Don't don't send out the gifts. Send send people to do what needs to be done. All right. Uh, in Illinois, law enforcement has a problem. Well, maybe they don't so much have a problem as the legislature. I'll explain next. I'm Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is Gary on Guns. Scott Van Kirk is in studio. And From the Brown Station location. <laughs> No, Scott. Scott. <laughs> Jumped the yeah. gun there a little bit, didn't I'm you? trying to do a good job. So eager. <laughs> Larry entrusted me. Yeah, see, you have to wait until I say Brown Station arm. location. <laughs> Brown Station location. <laughs> Note to self. Gary, you've got to get some new, new folks in here, man. <laughs> it's off the rails, brother. <laughs> Note to self: uh, Tell Larry uh, not to send Scott ever again into the Brown studio. Station location. <laughs> it's not Scott at the Brown Station location. <laughs> it's not Scott at the Brown Station. Oh, the Brown Station location. Oh. You, know, you, know what's at the, you know what's at the Brown Station location? Modern, Modern arms <laughs> at the Brown Station location. You know it's at the studio. <laughs> the Just tell Larry to send a cardboard cutout of himself. That'll be yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> and More informative. If we can get a recording wherever you is where it's like motion activated, and you yeah. walk by it, and he says, "At the Brown Station location." Oh. Uh, and in uh, Ellis Bennis, the superbelt dot com, yep. uh, also in studio, a uh, quasi normal guy. Um, I'd spend more time with him. You'll yeah. change that opinion. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> hey, I've got some audio that I could play. Oh, uh, no. No, no. I want to make it through one show. I want to make it through one show. <laughs> All right. Listen. Uh, apparently, if you have a, a self-loading rifle <laughs> and you're in Illinois, uh, you're supposed to register this. Uh, apparently, uh, there are a lot of uh, people in Illinois that are just defying the law. Uh, according to Bearing Arms, Illinois gun owners found in possession of unregistered assault weapons mm. and quote-unquote large-capacity magazines could face criminal charges. It hadn't stopped many gun owners from engaging in civil disobedience, especially with many sheriffs and some states' attorneys saying they don't, they don't have any plans of arresting or prosecuting otherwise lawful citizens for having these weapons. By the way, large capacity magazine. Scott, how many rounds uh, is uh, is required for a capacity uh, to be considered large? Well, I don't think so. I don't really use those terms. I mean, you have yeah, I know, but but they do. And and if you know, well, from that side, uh, isn't to, that side's perspective too? Well, that two is large capacity, well, right? What's, what's large capacity? <laughs> Conversion to belt fed. <laughs> because literally belt fed can, can run for infinity. Yeah. You can make a belt of ammunition as as long as you want. So that becomes much like the super belt. <laughs> <laughs> so that becomes large capacity. Anything yeah. after that is a, is a limited capacity. I don't care if it's a 60 round magazine. That's a limited capacity. Limited. It's limited to 60 rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Have they ever actually defined it legally to say large capacity magazine well, is greater yeah, than they, 15? They come up with their own definitions. Usually 10, say seven 10, rounds. More than 10. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yep. Um, 
Most gun owners, they said, uh, acting in defiance of the law, aren't advertising their refusal to comply. There are some who aren't afraid of poking the bear, including one Darren Bailey, former legislator, uh, 2022 Republican candidate for governor, uh, and a congressional candidate right now. He repeatedly has repeatedly dared uh, Governor Pritzker, a Democrat, uh, and the Illinois State Police to come and arrest him. Oh, wow. I mean, that's... that's it's not uh, smart. Boy, I tell that, you, usually when they do that, when you uh, go ahead and challenge them to do that, they, they usually do. do. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and normally with an overwhelming force. Right. <laughs> they want to make an example of that's you. That's kind of like yeah. the old example, make me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Be right yeah. there. Um, but he's doing it. And, you know, Canada, they're having the same problem. Uh, I think people are starting to wake up in, uh, at a certain level. And they're not playing the game. They're not. They're just not doing what they're told. Yeah, there are some what Western provinces of Canada that have sort of turned red, so to speak. Oh, in, have rega- they? in regards to, they're just like, hey, yeah, we're not doing that. Oh, the national okay. law says this, and we're like, yeah, we're just not doing that. Mm-hmm. And the the agencies of law enforcement at those local levels have just been like, yeah, we're doing fine. We're we're probably not going to enforce that so you just just go away we're good (laughs) well once again if uh, darren bailey resists they will kill him yeah that's kind of tyrannical if you ask me (laughs) i'm i'm just saying you know i don't seems to me uh all right uh we got a lot more ground that uh, we need to cover uh there is a, a republican uh, in uh, kentucky that is offering a, a red flag bill we'll talk about that um there was a uh, and i talked about this in the weekday show a cbs uh, investigative reporter that you, she used to work at fox katherine harridge and uh, she suggested that she expects sometime this year there will be a black swan event uh, and we'll ch- we'll chat we'll chat about that. But a black swan event is an unforeseen, though it should have been, uh, violent act. It, it, it could be like nine uh, eleven, that sort of thing. Um, it's just all the more reason, I would argue, for people to arm up. So we'll talk about that. Another school shooting. We'll kick that around. We've got a lot of ground to cover. I'm Gary on Guns.